the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Well, we're back, and I am so thrilled. As I said before, and I think I posted yesterday, I am so thrilled to have Spencer Raskoff, who I, I consider a friend, but probably one of the most innovative, smartest, brightest uh, men that I know. And I, I could list like 150 things that he's done and created, but I, I, I'd be here like the whole show doing that. Uh, I met him when, you know, he's a definite entrepreneur, but I met him when he co-founded Zillow, which I believe changed the real estate business. And, uh, there's so many things that he's done and I'm happy to be on his board for, for Picasso, but I'm going to let him tell you because, it's amazing, and you're not going to want to not hear it. This guy is, and I don't say that to say it. I don't, and then people know this. I've had this show on 12 years, and I don't say this about many people. By far, one of the brightest entrepreneurs, innovative people that I ever knew, um, and a, a great human being also. So, Spencer, I'm thrilled to have you on. Thank you, Dottie. What a, what a warm introduction. I sincerely appreciate it, and I'm excited to be here and speak with you and your listeners. Thank you. So listen, I think what, first of all, you I mean, look, I could write a book, or we could have a book about all your accomplishments. But you know what? I think what people like really want to also know is, how did this all start for you? I mean, like, how did you grow up? Like, what... What, what, when did you really get in? You know, because you're really an entrepreneur. You've come up with so many different things. Give us a little background. Sure. Um, I grew up around entrepreneurs my whole childhood. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. He had a, a suit manufacturing business. My grandfather on the other side has a, um, a soda pop business. And then my dad was an entrepreneur. And I really watched my dad's career of entrepreneurship as a child. He started off as an accountant and then broke into the music industry and became a tour producer and business manager for rock groups like the Rolling Stones and U2 and David Bowie, Paul Simon, Pink Floyd, and many others. And and through his 40-odd year career in music, I watched him continue to iterate and innovate on his business as the music industry changed, as formats changed from records to cassettes to CDs and then streaming and as the touring industry changed, he changed his business model many times and 
was able to stay relevant and successful through all sorts of technology changes in music. And he did a great job of keeping me in the know and involved in his in his business and always talked with my brother and me about, uh, and then my brother and sister and me about, uh, about what was happening in his career. And I've tried to do the same with my kids. So that was my childhood of being exposed to entrepreneurship. Um, and actually, I'll tell you a quick story, another interesting exposure uh, and something that, I, again, I try to do with my kids. I, I, one of his close friends was Fred Rosen, who was the founder and, and first CEO of Ticketmaster. And when I was in high school, this would have been around, gosh, I don't know, maybe 1990 or so, um, Fred invited me to attend an executive offsite of the leadership team of Ticketmaster at a hotel in Santa Barbara. And I sat there as a high school kid for three days listening to an exec offsite, which, you know, I'm sure I only understood 10% of what they were saying. But just being able to sit there, be in the room with an executive team of a huge company talking about what was important in their business and what strategy changes they were going to make for the upcoming year and, and just dissecting their business was completely fascinating to me. And that type of early exposure was really formative for me. Yeah, see, well, so you picked up on a lot. And, you know, you said something that's really, really, I think, really important. You said that your dad was in the music business, and obviously music changed. I mean, it went from LPs to cassettes or A-tracks, then cassettes and streaming, whatever. And so many people, I mean, I'm sure all businesses change. And so many people, I mean, I was just talking to someone the other day, and I, I said, well, you were one of the biggest in your field in advertising, and you were one of the biggest agencies. What happened? And the man said to me, Daddy, the business changed. And I said, well, everything changes. I said, but if it, when it changes, you just drop after it. I mean, you know, at least, and so he said, so I just got out. Now, if he had said to me, I tried, I tried to change, and maybe it didn't work right, or at least I would have had a little bit more respect. I really just right. feel like everything evolves, and change is part of life. And yeah, if you can't yeah. adapt to it, you know, and that's why on the show, a little at a time, I've been, you know, just starting to take you, the, the, the listeners and introduce them to what I think um, with yeah. AI, how that's going to change the world. And I, I believe that. At least I believe that. Okay, whether I'm right or wrong, I couldn't tell you, but I believe it's going to change the world. And so I, 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 I watched you through your career. And, and besides for just keeping up with all the trends, you're constantly coming up with new things. Um, yeah, I keep, I keep lists. I keep idea lists of problems that I see in the world and companies I want to start. And, um, you know, I, and I try to solve problems. So my first startup at age 23 was a company called Hotwire. And Hotwire, we ultimately sold uh, four years later to Expedia for about $700 million. And Hotwire was trying to solve two problems. One was a problem for travelers. They wanted to get great discounts. But the other problem that it was solving was on the supply side. And I, a lot of my career has been about these two-sided marketplaces where you have consumers on one side and some industry on the other. Of course, Zillow has consumers on one side and real estate brokers and real estate agents on the other. But the problem that Hotwire was solving on the supply side was that airlines and hotels want to sell excess inventory, inventory that's perishable, inventory that will, will go bad if it doesn't get used because, of course, empty seats on an airplane or empty hotel rooms right. are completely unusable after, you know, after the time has passed. 
and they want to sell that extra inventory, but they they don't want to slash price because it degrades their brand and it it allows other people to trade down to that lower price. So, Hotwire created sort of an outlet mall concept online where these airlines and hotels and rental car companies could sell discounted inventory in a brand-protected way, where you don't know the name of the hotel, you don't know the name of the airline until after you purchase. And that created really a whole segment of travel online, of discount travel through this brand shield, which was, even to this day, 20-something years later, is a really effective way for those travel industry participants to sell extra inventory. Um, so that, that was my first entrepreneurial um, foray. Uh, and we sold hotware to Expedia. I moved up to Seattle, where Expedia is based, and I ran the hotel business at Expedia Group at the time, which was Expedia, Hotwire, Hotels.com, Travelocity, Orbitz, and, and some other brands. And I got the entrepreneurial itch again. After only about a year at a big company, I felt that I just, you know, wasn't it wasn't for me. <laughs> it was moving too slowly. Uh, things were right, right. I wasn't innovating quickly enough, and I wanted to try to do it again. And so that's when I left. Expedia uh, with a couple colleagues to start Zillow, and of course. That's and how where I got old to know are you? About twenty nine, thirty. I mean, uh, how, now, ooh, right yeah. now I'm, I'm forty eight right now. When we started Zillow, I think I was twenty uh, twenty seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, this guy is. But I mean, <laughs> it's amazing what you've achieved in this amount of years. So then you started Zillow, and that's kind of when I met you. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, the, I, the idea of. The the insight for Zillow was that at the time, in 2005, 2006, there were a lot of real estate websites already. The Internet was over 10 years old, and there were plenty of places online where you could see real estate listings. So Zillow didn't right. invent that. But what what we did was we asked ourselves a different question. We said, what's the most common question that real estate websites answer? And the answer was, what's for sale? And then we said, well, what's the most common question that people ask themselves about real estate? And the answer was not, what's for sale? The answer was, what's my house worth? And so the idea for Zillow was to try to answer that question, what's my house worth and what's everyone's house worth? And so when we launched in 2006, we had Zestimates, which was Zillow's opinion of home value. We had Zestimates on about 40 million homes, about half the homes in the country. And they had about a 14% error rate on average. So when a home sold, the Zestimate was about 14% off on average, which is not super accurate. Um, there were no listings of homes for sale. It wasn't until two years later, once Zillow had a lot of traffic because of the voyeuristic and, and sort of shocking aspect of this estimate, that we started adding listings to the website. And you fast forward to today, Zillow has estimates on basically every home in America, and the error rate is only 2 or 3%, so much, much more accurate than they used to be. And, of course, the, the product has evolved to add home sale listings and for sale or for rent listings, reviews of real estate agents and mortgage products and all sorts of other uh, things in and around. Yeah. Um, Everyone uh, uses but that, it. <laughs> but the, the advice I'd give to an entrepreneur or, or sort of the, the insight was, is there some other question, is there some other way that you can approach the problem than what everyone else is approaching it? Um, you, you know, if you attack the problem straight ahead uh, with just – a, a copycat product, it's almost impossible to break through because people have sticky habits. Everyone already has some preference for one brand or another, and so you have to right. try to approach it from a slightly different angle. Yeah, but otherwise you actually have to break a relationship with somebody's product. And, you know, if you're used to using something and you, you're you okay with it, you're not likely to do that unless there's a whole different angle. 
exactly. or something that you're not. So that's that's now. So so then then you went on. Okay, I mean you, yeah. you never really stopped. I didn't stop. Yeah, so so I tried stopping. I, I retired from Zilla about four years ago. Um, I took a beat. I I taught a course at Harvard Business School called Managing Tech Ventures, basically how to run a big tech, tech company, and that was sort of my intermezzo and uh, my palate cleanser. And then I jumped back in, and so I started something called Seventy Five and Sunny Ventures, which is my venture capital firm and startup studio. And Seventy Five and Sunny is starting new companies, and so I've started five companies in the last four years. Um, the mo- the largest of them is called Picasso, P-A-C-A-S-O, which... Yes, I'm on your board of you Picasso. Yes, yeah, so we're so yeah. fortunate to have you involved in. And um, Picasso takes luxury second homes and it fractionalizes them. And so the, the insight, the inspiration for Picasso was that my co-founder and I are both fortunate enough to have second homes. And we know that if you own a vacation home, it can change your life. It, uh, that's where... I'm a better son, I'm a better father, I'm a better friend is at my vacation home because I'm just away from the, the, the ordinary rigmarole of, of life. And, um, and most people can't afford a second home. But the reason most people can't afford a second home and the reason they're so expensive is they sit empty most of the time. There's all this unused real estate in these second home destinations, of these, these vacant homes. And so sort of like carpooling for second homes we do essentially home sharing or fractional ownership of second homes where people own an eighth or two eighths or three eighths or four eighths of a second home. They co-own it with other families they don't know. Uh, Picasso manages the home, does all the housekeeping, does all the scheduling, handles everything, and it allows for a much more affordable and seamless way to own a second home. So we're in about 40 well, markets I, in I really countries. think mm-hmm. that you're on to something big there because you know I mean, besides for New York and everything, I the many states I'm in. I, I I started the Hamptons from scratch before I was even with Element. I think I did that years ago, and you know that's a second home market. And half those houses yeah. nobody lives in, like for more than a month or two. And so if they even live in it there, and then when COVID, after COVID, I found this year at least people said, you know what? Get the second home. I want to travel. I haven't traveled for two or three years, mm-hmm. so they didn't even use their Hampton houses. And so, and 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 of course, twenty years ago there wasn't as many homes there, um, but now they built so much that there's a lot of rentals. So people can be sitting with a house that brings no income in, and not even there. Yep. So yep. and and you're not on you're you're bit you're 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 really on this whole thing on the West Coast. So I'd love you to explain for the East Coast, because I, I hope that you'll end up bringing it here, which I know you will. We will, yeah. Exactly how that works. Yeah, so, I mean, I have one in Malibu, for example. I have a Picasso in Malibu, which means I own one-eighth of it. I open up the Picasso app. I see a calendar, uh, uh, picture, beautiful pictures of my house, and I can schedule up to two years in advance. And, um, you know, not every date is available, because some of the other owners are using some of the dates. But um, when it's my time for my house, I then get texted a key code. I go and I enjoy my house for a couple of days or a week or two or however long I booked it for. There are owner lockers at all of these houses, so you keep your skis and your surfboards and your family photos and your board games and whatever on property. And uh, then when you're done, you just close the door and you move on, and the house continues to get utilized by other co-owners. Yeah, and, and, and Picasso takes care of it. They do everything. They handle housekeeping and property management. And whenever something needs to be fixed, 
Picasso handles it and everyone gets assessed their portion of, of how much they own the house. Uh, again, I have no idea who, who the other seven owners are. Typically, it's only four or five families that own the house together because a couple people will buy or three of the, of the eight units. Um, we've sold about a billion of real estate. We're in 40 markets in four countries. Um, the most popular markets for folks from the Northeast uh, to, to buy Picasso's are Miami, where we've done really well, the Florida yeah. Keys, uh, the South Carolina beaches, so, uh, and then London we've done really well in as well, and then Aspen, Vale, um, Deer Valley, Park City, uh, Jackson Hole, uh, we have Telluride, we have plenty of uh, New Yorkers that are buying Picasso's in ski country out in the West as well. Well, I would tell you, as you said, Especially living in Manhattan, in New York City is kind of like, you know, it's kind of like wired. It's always crazy. So to be able to get away. Oh, it's a, it's a blessing. A day, I mean, it makes such a difference. It just makes no, such I a mean, difference in your overall being. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I had, my parents were fortunate enough to have a house in the Hamptons when I was a kid. I lived in the city. Uh, by, by the way, my mom was a realtor. Um, and I lived in the city and... Um, uh, you know, when we were able to go out to the Hamptons, which wasn't ever often enough, like everybody exhaled. You could just sort of like see, yeah. I could see it in my parents of, of how they're like, oh, okay, we're out in the country now. And then my, you know, my siblings and I just felt different. Um, so we're, yeah. so the mission of Picasso is to try to democratize that, to make that accessible, not just to the 1%, but to a whole heck of a lot more, you know, the 10%, well, hopefully the 50%. That's what I love. Because yeah. now you take Florida, and I always said, as when I was younger, I said, "There is no way you will ever catch me going to Florida." <laughs> because in my mind, I thought right. all the old people would go there and retire. That's where they all went. Well, you know, then I built offices for Element in Florida, so I I, I opened up about twenty five offices there, and then I so then I took an apartment in Palm Beach because I was opening in Palm Beach in time. And I got to know everyone, and it's relatively, to me, it reminds me of the Hamptons, only in Florida, it's kind of, and the same stores, were the same stores, I felt very comfortable there, but I was renting, and renting was, ex- I'm paying, If I, I don't even want to tell you what I'm paying, and I'm saying to myself, well, I don't really, I, and I'm renting, and you can't rent in this building in Palm Beach. Unless you take it all year. And if I'm there three months, it's the most I was really there was really business. Then the pandemic came. And New York was on total lockdown. And then when I went to Florida, it was like, you know, another world. Everybody was having drinks. They weren't paying attention to masks. I said, oh, I'd rather be here. And everybody from New York was in Florida. And that looks, and, and, and it's kind of a natural progression. It's a quick flight. But now I say I'm not going to pay this. This I mean I won't even tell you, but the rent is a fortune. I'd rather buy something, but I don't want to buy something all year because I'm not there all year. Yeah. So you know, and and I mean, Picasso owners also tell us that they they feel a much deeper connection to the community uh, when they own a Picasso there than when they rent or when they Airbnb. Um, you know, the, the ability to form memories and feel like it's your house, because it is your house. You actually own it, and you can resell it. We've had dozens and dozens of resales. They've appreciated about 11% when they resell. Um, so it's it's really your house. You own whatever portion of it you choose to purchase, and that gives you a connection to the community. That's quite... That's quite uh, yeah, I want to talk about that, because I mean, I think we're taking a break. 
But it said the word is you can sell. It's, it's you actually own whatever that percentage is and can actually sell it to someone else. Correct? Like so. You, so we'll just talk about that after the break because you actually have real ownership. It's not like the times here. You own your piece. I'm super excited about the conversation I just had with Alex Kinsella over at Route 22 Toyota. He was catching me up on the landscape of the automotive industry, and I got to tell you, he really seems to have it figured out. Alex and his entire team over at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey, makes the entire car shopping experience easy. He let me know that while inventory levels are far from perfect, they finally got a nice selection of new cars over at Route 22 Toyota, including RAV4 and Highlanders. Plus, they're holding inventory for local New Jersey residents versus selling them to people calling from out of state. Call Route 22 Toyota at 973-705-8905 and let the team show you one of the area's largest selections of new Toyota vehicles. And be sure to check out their huge selection of pre-owned and Toyota certified used vehicles while you're there. That's 973-705-8905. And remember to tell them that Joe Piscopo sent you. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Josh Edwards, a stenographer who has served for more than a thousand depositions, arbitrations, hearings, etc. I I don't think people understand that there are lots of different kind of revenue options with court reporting. I encourage people to check it out. And Josh Edwards, you're a perfect example as to why. So we start our captioners at my company at $100 an hour, and there's a two-hour minimum per job. You know, when we send an email saying, hey, we have a job starting at 9 o'clock on Monday morning, are you free for it? Even if that job cancels within a day or if it only goes for half an hour or 75 minutes they're still going to earn a minimum of two hundred dollars for that time slot i encourage people to check it out email info at plazacollege.edu and they have an introductory thing to just click the link and get the info and josh edwards you're a perfect example as to why that's got to feel good and awfully rewarding thanks for spending some time with us my pleasure and you know i i'm not bragging to say but i'm very happy and thankful that it has been a six-figure career every year since i started email info at plazacollege.edu. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back and we were on, we were talking with Spencer Rascoff and we're talking about Picasso, which gives you ownership in a second home. And I think when we left off in the commercial break, 
is that you actually own some percentage of the home and you can actually sell that percentage, correct? Exactly, exactly. Um, and I said, we've had plenty of resales, which is important. I mean, we need a vibrant secondary market. Sometimes people say, oh, Picasso, it's sort of like timeshare. This is one way in which this is not timeshare. Uh, no, it's it, not. That there's a vibrant resale market, which so it's, you're not sort of stuck with this forever. Timeshare is more of a liability. It's basically you having to stay at a hotel forever uh, at, a, at a slightly lower no, room no, rate. No, there's a timeshare list. an asset. There's companies that try to get you out of it. I did it when yeah. I was 20 years old. I was in like a Louisville or a St. Martin, and they were selling it. For free yeah. dinners, everyone did it, but it's a waste. This you actually own. And look, I think what you've done is really fantastic because I can't even explain, and I guess unless you don't have a second home, and when I bought my second home, I was in my 20s, and I said, I'm going to do this. I don't care. My attorney said, what do, you, what do you think you are? Like, you think that you yeah. should buy a second home? But you could get mortgages then easily. So I said, I don't qualify, but I want this house. And they said, well, Johnny, well, if you want the house, we'll just give you the mortgage. And I calculated what I could rent it for. So, uh, and it was probably the best investment real estate I've ever made. So people can sell it, and it can allow somebody to have a second home, okay, but not have the expense of owning it all year. Exactly, yeah. Okay, and yeah, I mean, actually a really building common, equity. A really common Picasso use case would be somebody that says, you know, look, I've, I've got a million dollars to spend on a second home, and they start looking in Napa or Aspen or Vail, and they see that a million dollars doesn't get them hardly anything there, unfortunately. Right. And then they realize that, hold on, they can buy a quarter of a $4 million home through Picasso, and now all of a sudden they're sort of supercharging their buying power, and they're right-sizing their ownership. They only want to own a quarter of it anyway. Um, we have a new product also which lets them swap time with other owners. So if they have a friend, if they buy one in Aspen for a quarter of a $4 million home and they have a friend that buys a quarter of a $4 million one in Miami and they're not going to use three months a year, which is a quarter, then they can, they can swap for a week or two a year and stay wow. in the process. So that's another, another fun addition that we just rolled out. Um, so how but, do they, uh, uh, where do they go to find, I mean, do you have, how does yeah, somebody the, go the on the Picasso website? Picasso website is P-A-C-A-S-O.com, Picasso, like the artist, but spelled differently. Um, and, um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a great product, and we've got thousands of owners. I'm going to post it for those of you who are driving. If you happen to be driving, don't stop and write this. I'm going to post it on my site so you'll be able to get it, and the radio show will post it on there. So, um, But I think it's something you should really look into, and I... I I absolutely think it's genius. Now, on top of that, you are some other new bitch. Also, you want to tell us about them? Yeah, sure. I, I think I said I've started five companies. Picasso is just one of them. So I'm starting these things as chair and founder with a, co- a co-founder who's typically the CEO. Uh, one of the other businesses I've started is called Q, Q-U-E-U-E, and that's an iPhone app or an Android app. It's, it's in the app stores. You just look for Q. And Q is basically a social TV guide. It helps you figure out what to watch on streaming or movies based on what your friends are watching. You know, streaming has become so fragmented. It's so hard to figure out what to watch. Most people spend 15 minutes trying to figure out what to watch, and they give up, and they say, forget it. I'll just look at Instagram or TikTok on my phone because it's, like, too hard to figure out. But there's all this great content there. So Q helps you figure that out. Uh, if you're a reader, if you're a big book person, it's sort of like Goodreads, but for TV. Um, and um, and so, so you, just go, you can download that at the App Store? Yeah, you download the app. Because and I can, do that. I go on, and I can't figure out what to watch. And I <laughs> right. it. 
Yeah, so, <laughs> so you know, you'll see your friends there, and you'll see what's top on each, you know, what's the top shows on Netflix, the top shows on Hulu, top shows on Prime and Apple TV. Uh, you'll find me. Uh, you can create lists. You can indicate what shows you've watched, and then it'll learn from that. Uh, so it's really a great product to help figure out what to watch on streaming. So that's Q, and um, we've got hundreds of thousands of users that, that use Q every, every month that love it. Um, uh, I also am working on an AI project or an AI company. You mentioned how important you think AI is, and oh. I completely agree. Um, and one of my companies is specifically in that space. That's a company I started with two former Zillow people, and it's called HeyLibby.ai. Actually, Dottie, you'd be a really good user for it. So if you go to HeyLibby.ai, that website, you can create your own AI. So you'll really? see it in the onboarding. You'll go to HeyLibby.ai, and you'll say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Dottie. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an investor. I'm a real estate professional. Um, you know, I founded companies. You kind of teach it a little bit about yourself. It takes a couple minutes. And then it'll give you a URL, a web, a web page, heylibby.ai slash Dottie or whatever the URL is that, that, we, that, that you choose and that we assign to you. You then take that, that link and you put it as your link in bio, which is why it's called Libby link in bio. So now put it in your Twitter um, or in your Instagram or in your TikTok or your LinkedIn as your link on, in your social media. And then when somebody is looking at your social media, if they click on it, they start talking to your AI. So uh, this happens to me every wow. day. My, my Libby is on my social media. So if you know, people read my LinkedIn articles that I write about entrepreneurship or they follow me on Twitter, they, they tap on my Libby and they say, hey, I'm a founder that wants to talk to Spencer. It'll say, great, I'm Spencer's Libby AI assistant. You know, tell me about yourself. And it'll have a, a, a very, very robust conversation on my behalf and summarize the conversation for me, give me my action items, put it into a customer relationship management software tool for me, and basically qualify that conversation, qualify that lead. So it works great for real estate agents. We have a lot of real estate agents, uh, Dottie, that have put it in their social media. It qualifies leads for, for them. Um, it works really well for home service professionals. Like imagine an interior designer that puts beautiful photos on Instagram or a real estate photographer that puts beautiful photos or beautiful you know, videos, um, uh, drone videos of homes on their TikTok. So those people get pings from consumers and from real estate agents saying, hey, can you, you know, will you design this home or will you shoot this home for me, et cetera. And so Libby qualifies those leads and has those conversations for the, uh, you know, for the, the small business owner. So in other words, so who does somebody put in? In other words, like let's say you do an article or you, you do a story for a paper who does somebody program all that stuff into your AI? So, but basically, it's like your personal AI. It's your personal AI. Yeah, exactly. So when you onboard it, you can put in some links. So, for example, I've put in some of my articles into it. So if somebody's talking to my Libby and it says, hey, does Spencer invest in space companies? It'll say, yes, actually, Spencer has invested in these couple space companies. And, you know, let me tell you a little bit about them. So, again, it, if, if you spend, it, it can take as little as two minutes to onboard your Libby. If you spend six minutes just putting in a little bit more information, it will basically be as good as you. It will actually be better than you because it will remember things about you that you hardly remember about you. Uh, so my opinion, Dottie, is that eventually everybody, well, certainly every small business, but probably everybody is going to have an AI that represents them in the world. 
that is kind of their incarnation. And, you know, just like every, everybody and every, every, basically every company and every person has a website, even if you're an individual, your website might just be your LinkedIn or your Instagram, but right, you have right, some, right. some digital version of yourself out there. You have several, obviously, across multiple socials, but it's going to also have a, a chat version of that. Somebody, or not somebody, something, some technology that is speaking as you on your behalf. That someday, when you do this radio show in 30 years, the you know Spencer, it won't necessarily be me that you know that dials in to participate as a guest. It might just be my AI that's representing me. That is a perfect copy of me and knows everything about me. It gives you a lot more free time. Yes, it does. Let it sure have, does. Well, yeah, I that's what Libby does for me. Yes. Yeah. I'm not getting. This is not because I'm getting endorsing your products or I'm getting paid. I just believe in them so much. That you have to have one of your assistants or somebody just send me, um, you know, like a roundup so I can post it because it's a lot for people to like absorb all. There's a lot of companies, a lot of different things, and for people to absorb it all at once while they're listening to the radio, it's difficult. And I'd love to post this and like the the the, the individual things and how to how to get on them or how to find Picasso. I'll I'll send you. I'll send you a note. Yeah. yeah, it also seventy. I mean, like, if you just I Google seventy five you. and sunny, you'll find you'll find my or go to my Libby. Find me on any social media, and you can talk to me, and it'll 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 do that. But but yes, I'll send you a note also. <laughs> yeah, I said I got it. I don't know. I I don't want to know what you do. Like the next ten. I mean, you're non. I mean, I don't really. I totally. I've I met a million busy. impressive people, but you're one of the smartest, most impressive guys. Plus, nice. Okay. Um, that I know, and you, you, even your company when you did Zilla, wasn't they get an award for one of the best companies to work in? We did. It's probably what I'm most proud of, Dottie. Actually, in my career was all of the employee accolades that we had when I was CEO of Zillow. We consistently were named a best place to work by every media company that put out those rankings. I, I always had very, very high ratings from Glassdoor, which is where your own employees anonymously rate their their CEO. Right. Um, and you know, I've I've created companies, and I've had I've had plenty of things succeed, but also plenty of things fail. But the uh, recognition that my own employees gave to me was always the most meaningful. Uh, I mean, they're the ones that I work most closely with, and they're the best able to to really measure uh, my my qualifications as a leader. Yeah, no, so no, that I'm was totally rewarding. almost done with my book, and basically. A lot of it is because I want to show people. People look at someone successful and they think, "Oh yeah, well they got there by because this, this, and this," and they don't know or they don't even think about how many times they fell, they fall, they did, they tried something, it didn't work. I mean, so of course. But let me ask you, okay, how would you describe the com- well, what do you think about the real estate market now? Real estate is kind of locked up. Right, people don't want to list their home because they don't want to give up their their three or four percent mortgage. Hold and so on, very we're going to have to take a quick break. Could you just hold on for a quick break and then finish that? Okay. I would really love to just finish a few more questions. We'll be right back. We are so fortunate.
both houses of Congress are considering legislation that will impact your favorite talk shows and news updates. The AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act would ensure that auto manufacturers won't eliminate AM radio from future car models. Over 80 million Americans, men and women like you and me, depend on AM radio for news, severe weather updates, vigorous debates on talk shows, and local information that is essential for public safety. When a disaster strikes or lives are threatened by wildfires in places like Maui, AM radio is often the only lifeline a community has. You have the power to make a real difference. The AM radio for every vehicle act is H.R. 3413 in the U.S. House and Senate Bill 1669 in the U.S. Senate. Please contact your senator and your congressman asking them to support this vital legislation to keep AM radio in American cars now and forever. The AM radio for every vehicle act. Act today. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow six pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two Two hand towels and two washcloths. Regular price is seventy nine ninety eight for a limited time. You can get this six pack towel set for only thirty nine ninety nine with promo code Joe P. That's a fifty percent savings. Go to mypillow.com. Call eight hundred six five one zero seven nine eight. Use the promo code Joe P to save fifty percent on the MyPillow six pack towel sets. Hi, folks. It's Arthur Idala of the Power Hour every night here on AM 970 at 6 p.m. We try to bring you a lot of fun, a lot of energy with a lot of facts, a lot of inside scoop from the courtroom and from the streets of the city of New York with our special guests and our regular co-hosts, Sambolino, Joni, Alex, and whoever happens to be walking around the office. Tune in weeknights at 6 p.m. Cats and Cosby, weeknights at 5 on AM 970, The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Uh, we're, we're continuing our conversation, and I just appreciate the time because I know how busy Spencer is with Rascal, but he's just an amazing man, and I'm just lucky that he took the time to allow me to have him on the show. I have a question. Somebody just sent me a, an email to you, and they said, how did you, like they said to me, how did, your, how did you name your company? What made you name your company Picasso? It's a great question. Um, naming is hard. Um, I, actually, I teach a class specifically on naming. I do two hours in a Harvard undergraduate entrepreneurship class just on how to name your startup. Uh, so I, I'll give you the 30-second the, the version on, on that. Um, <laughs> Picasso is 
meant to evoke a luxury, uh, kind of something luxurious and beautiful. And the artist Picasso combined lots of different mediums um, and lots of different styles to create something beautiful. And so when several different families come together and own a luxury second home, we call that a Picasso. Um, that's so, so that's, uh, that's how we ended up there. But uh, you know, naming is hard. Zillow is, by the way, zillions of pillows. Most people don't know that, but it's meant to. Wait, evoke... I didn't know that. Zillions yeah. of pillows. <laughs> yeah, so it's meant to evoke the, you know the right brain, which is the kind of the emotional aspect of of owning a home. Of you know, you rest your head at night on your pillow, and then the left brain is the quantitative dollars and cents aspect of real estate. And so Zillow is also. It has a high-value Scrabble letter of Z, which I always like in my names because that makes it more memorable and more ownable. Um, I like these empty vessel names, if possible, like Hey Libby, Picasso, Zillow, things that can evolve rather than generic words. If you choose something like realestate.com, you're you're sort of, first of all, people are never going to feel a huge amount of affinity. No one's going to love the brand realestate.com because it's just, it's too generic. And also you're, you're boxed in then. I mean, a lot of these startups pivot several times. Uh, imagine, for example, if Zillow had been named uh, uh, homevaluations.com because that was the first version of Zillow. That's what Zillow, or zestimates.com because that's what Zillow was at the beginning. Well, here we are right, almost 20 right. years later and the product is, is wi- wildly evolved from that. And so these empty vessel names, even Picasso, right? If we had named it something that was very specific around second home co-ownership, you know, who knows 20 years from now if that's what Picasso will still be entirely about or if it'll evolve into other categories or into other forms of ownership or other types of homes or who knows. Well, knowing you, it'll evolve. There's no doubt (laughs) in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. So you've spent so many years uh, building these companies, uh, what did you, what, like, would you tell everyone, because, you know, people just I would love to, what did you learn? I mean, I mean, I obviously learned a million things, but what did you learn about building businesses and being an entrepreneur? Um, because I tell people, it's, you know, you know they, 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 they might look at you now and say, my God, this guy is, yeah. Rich, successful, smart, good-looking. He's got it all. But, you know, you started somewhere, and like you said, you know, there's ups and downs. What advice would you give people? Oh, a lot, to? a lot. Um, I'd say, firstly, around the very beginning, I think people tend to overstate the risk of being an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, they say, oh, it's so scary. What if, you know, what if it doesn't work? Well, mostly what they're saying is that they're afraid of failure. They're not really afraid of right. the financial ruin that would come from entrepreneurship because most people have a backstop. They can probably go get a, a regular job if their startup fails. Um, and so I think people need to properly calculate the amount of risk they're taking when they actually start a new endeavor. The second thing I'd say is that it's all, none of this happens alone. Uh, people like me give interviews like this and talk about all the things I've accomplished, but behind every one of these ventures and initiatives, there are hundreds and hundreds of people that that have helped make that success possible. And so being a good entrepreneur or being a good company leader or, or just leader is about being able to rally other groups of people behind your shared vision and motivate, recruit, motivate, and retain those people to charge up that hill with you. And that's probably the most important skill of business and entrepreneurship and something that I've always, I've always done pretty well. And the way to do that, or one of the ways to do that, is to have a mission orientation. 
to, to try to make sure that your company is about something bigger than just whatever it is. So in the case of Picasso, when you hear me talk about it passionately, I'm talking about the impact that it can have on people's lives, that if people are able right. to own a second home, they thought they can, could never afford, all of a sudden it's going to change their relationship with their friends and family and the memories they can form, and life is short, and so they should be able to enjoy second home ownership earlier than, ever, than they ever thought. I mean, so if you're a, a software engineer and you're writing lines of code at Picasso, or you're a marketing uh, professional and you're writing press releases at Picasso, or you're a customer service rep and you're responding to customer service inquiries, you hopefully feel connected to some higher mission, something more bigger and grander than the the day-to-day mundane nature of your particular role. And that's what motivates people and gets them fired up in the morning to go to work and to and to really commit. Yeah, um, I would say it's not about you. Like, you've never pushed yourself. You've pushed what this can do for you or the, 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 how it can make your life easier. Um, it's not that – and I see so many people who have, I guess, egos that are a little too big. But even if you have a big ego, if you're smart, it really – it's not about you. It's about – a vision and that people can relate to that vision or see that. And I, I just think that, I mean, look, I think you've done so much so far. I can't even imagine what will go, what you'll be doing going forward. And I know the time is up and I know that you have to go, but one quick AI, you started a company with AI. You think that, and do you really believe that it will play significant? You know, I mean, people get worried. They say, well, what about jobs and this and that? And I yeah. said, well, you can't stop progress. Yeah, I, I mean, and, AI is and, definitely going to change going to change our lives and, and industry and huge industries like education and healthcare and and certainly technology. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I go back and forth to be honest on the dystopian kind of the scary stuff of is this really going to. You know, are, the, are the robots going to kill us, and are we all going to be out of work and all that, or, or is this going to create some utopian world where th- there's prosperity and 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 um, diseases are cured? I I I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I go I I'll read one article and I'm convinced. I'll read another. I'm convinced the other way. So I'm still forming my own opinion on on that on that question. Yeah. But I think people should start to hesitate, like, learning about it. Oh, yeah. And at the oh. end of the day, I do think, you know, I was doing a little, like, a few, I was writing a few notes because I, w- I didn't have time to really talk about it today. But I, And the one thing you can't do at the moment, I don't know if you'll be able to do it eventually, but there is no human emotion, okay? There's no emotion to it. There's just the facts. And so could it write a report for you? Can it do a speech for you? Sure. But. There's always an element of human emotion and a person, and I think that that's missing. So I think, just my opinion, and again, I know it's going to evolve, is that it's a tool and, and, and use that you would use, but it doesn't replace a human, per, you know, the concept of humans. I mean, you know, as far as, you know, uh, but, yeah. but it knows a lot more, you know, and it could know a lot more about diseases and things than a doctor or the human brain can really identify with. Yeah, one really simplistic way to think about it is spell check, right? It's like this is the evolution of of spell check, which then became became auto-fill, right? If you're in Gmail and you're typing an email, it'll it'll now give you the next two or three words, and if you just hit the space bar, it'll fill in those words. I don't know if people have noticed that feature, but that's in Outlook, that's in Gmail, it's in Microsoft Word. And um, 
you know, these AI tools are, are sort of that, but 100x for in terms of personal productivity. So I, I, you're absolutely right. Regardless of, of what industry you're in or what age you are, you should just start playing around with these things. People should go to ChatGPT and check it out. Um, you know, there's a free version and it's fun. You can, you can set up your own with Hey Libby uh, and it'll represent you and then you can chat with well, it. We're going to do that. I'm already, yeah. I'll be setting mine yeah. up. And as yeah. I said, and, and I would really appreciate if you just, because, you know, I, I might get it a little wrong that I just have the steps, but I, I will definitely set it up. And I just want to tell you how much I admire you. I like you. And I can't thank you so much for being on the show. You're so informative. I hope you'll come back, but I will, for all of the, our listeners and people that stream it, I, I will put all of the information of all the companies and how you can reach them on my site. Just give me a day or two and it will be all posted. Um, and I'll also have it on the radio site too. Awesome. I just can't say thank you enough, and I can't wait to see you one of these days Thanks, if you're in New York or I'm in L.A. I'll let you, you know. Oh, please do. Great speaking with you. have a great weekend. Have a good weekend. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. Now, I have to say, I'm talking to myself, but I'm just talking to everyone. This man blows me away, and I know him, you know, I think when he was in his 20s, I think I was probably a little, maybe a couple of years older than him, maybe two or three, but he was such a genius and the nicest, nicest person and this guy doesn't stop. He has invented and come up with more companies. Any company he has, the employees that work for him love him. And his mind never stops. He just keeps on coming up with things. And um, I think, you know, like I said, you know, when you're doing real estate, I've been doing the show for 12 or 13 years, and, and I, you know, of course it's about real estate, but I, I, I don't necessarily only want to talk about real estate for two years because everything has to evolve. Real estate evolves, you evolve. And one of the things that real estate did for me was introduce me to a whole other world, it introduced me to developers, it introduced me to a lot of other things. So I... I hope that I can share the knowledge and I would love to hear from you and some of your questions or if you've done anything that you think is something people should know about, I'd love for you to let me know and have you on as a guest. That's what it's all about, community. And we all seem to work together. Have a great weekend and do a kind thing for somebody this week. Okay, and we'll be back next week. We're going to have no rain this weekend, so that's good. See you next week. I'll be with you next week. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Hi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.